Redeemer family, welcome to another Formation Moment. I got Pastor Drew with me live and in action at the Peace Prep building. It's pretty fun to see you guys over there now. Um, he preached this morning on the Transfiguration. So if you did not watch or listen to that sermon, as always, please stop this uh, video or recording and, and go do that because that will give you the context for this conversation. But we will dive right in to what is probably one of the most confusing passages in scripture or definitely up there. Um, but I thought a really good treatment of it this morning. And we'll start with, you know, who's there? You know, you talked about this. Why is you know, Moses there and Elijah are there? Um, and you talked about just having a, a perspective that's formed by all of the scripture. And so I'd love for you just to talk a little bit about like how we do that as a formation practice, how we become people who have perspectives formed by all of the scripture. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Old Testament's intimidating. Like, let's just say that. Name that. Yes. I mean, I was talking to somebody who's trying to read. They're on like a Bible reading plan, and they're in Leviticus, and they're like, "I don't know if I'm gonna make it out." And I'm like, "Just, just keep plowing. It's, it's tough. There'll be passages that you are just like, okay." And then I keep, you know, read the next one, and and so yeah, it's like we have to be willing to, you know, get our hands dirty. Be willing to admit, hey, we don't maybe remember these. If you were in church growing up as much as we wish we did, or you didn't get the benefit of growing up in the church, uh, and so a lot of it's brand new to you. And, and I just want to tell you as a pastor uh, to our people, that's okay. Like, it's yeah. totally okay. Like, if you don't know how to spell, you know, Elijah, like, that's okay. Uh, but don't let that intimidate you uh, from, you know, diving in and saying, all right, well, he, he referenced Exodus. Uh, like, you know, maybe take it, take some time this week and reread or read for the first time Exodus 20 through 24 and just kind of get some parameters for what that looks like. Um, so I would recommend, you know, A, we're always big fans of just the Bible reading plan that we uh, reference on the Monday emails. I mean, we had an Old Testament passage every single day in there, and that will just help you kind of get the breadth of the reading. Um, but also, don't be afraid to say, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna spend some time reading Jonah." Jonah's always confused me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna become, you know, a little expert at Jonah over the next month or so, and, and read it and reread it, and just, just, you just know, it's, it's like eating an elephant, just one bite at a time. Yeah, that's really good. And I remember. Um, I think it was Marcus Vassell who a while ago showed me like a YouTube channel that just had these um, Bible videos. that was like introducing each book of the Bible and he was using those. And I just think those are great tools. Like a lot of the things, um, and even I think you referenced the author of the Jesus storybook Bible. A lot of those are great tools, even for grownups to um, just kind of retrace some of those stories. So those are definitely things I'd recommend. Um, well, let's go point by point with what's going on in this story. You talk about Peter, um, and really how he kind of thinks it's the end. But then you made this point that God's writing a long story, which I thought was really good. Um, so what are the formation practices that help us be people with like a longer sight or a bigger vision? Because I think all of us struggle from that short sightedness or from just the what's happening right in front of me is the reality of the situation. So what do we do as followers of Jesus to have that longer, that longer view? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good question. So I think a couple of things come to mind. There's the, the first one, and we, we talk about journaling a lot in these uh, spiritual formation times, and it's something that's been very beneficial to me over the years if someone's not naturally a like, stop and you know, contemplate sort of guy. And so I, a few years ago, we did this thing as a staff where we kind of did a timeline of our lives uh, and kind of with some you know major dots, major points saying, all right, here's 
there's a big moment where, you know, whether it was I, I graduated high school or my parents split up or we had we got married, whatever it was, or and even some highs and lows spiritually that didn't necessarily correlate to a, you know, a life event. And I will look back at that timeline at times to remember like, oh, like I've been walking with the Lord now, I mean, over half my life since I was 16 or right before I turned 16. And, and there's been a, it, it helps me to remember like, oh, like he saw me through this mm. really difficult. Oh, like I remember when I felt super, you know, when I was in my early in early twenties and had really difficult bouts with anxiety. And not that those still don't come back, um, but like I can remember now when they come back, I'm like, oh, I've I've been down this road before, and the Lord was yeah. great, which is a biblical practice. When we think about the Israelites over and over again, they were the, the Lord was telling them to remember back, remember back to my faithfulness to you. And for us, like we get so. Uh, caught up in the here and now that we we forget to look back on how the Lord has been kind to us. Yeah, that's good. And I think that's one of like the nuanced things of this passage that we can't, you can't really get into in a preaching moment, but like even Peter's, um, you know, like talking about tabernacling, right? That was a festival that they would have celebrated over and over. So it's like, it's not wrong for him to want to do that, right? It's just not the right time. It's not the right time to do it. And um, as a Jewish person, it would be very, you know, likely that he would do that, you know, yearly or however often they celebrated that particular festival to remember that moment. And so I think that is important, like remembering moments in our own story, um, but also like living in the Christian calendar, right? Which is what we're doing as we kind of enter this season of Lent is like, this is how we locate ourselves in a bigger story than the one that um, we're living in. So that's really helpful. Um, Transition, you talk about suffering. That was really good. Um, but it's not something that we all want to do. Nobody wants to suffer. So, uh, yeah, what's the formation practice for somebody to engage well with suffering, um, whether it's their own or suffering of people around them? Yeah. I mean, you just referenced this, but the this is one of the beauties of the church calendar. And so I grew up in a church uh, where we, we did celebrate the church calendar, but to be honest, I never really leaned into it uh, much as a kid. And even in my uh, early mid twenties, but over the last 10 years, like the church calendar has been more and more um, formational, helpful to my walk with the Lord. And what the church calendar is, it's throughout the year, we go through the life of Jesus. And so there are seasons, like we just got out of Advent not long ago, where we have an emphasis on waiting, uh, we're leading up to the birth of Christ. And then we have uh, Ash Wednesday, which is coming up this week, where we will have an emphasis on our sin and our mortality. Uh, and then we'll go through Lent and have a season where we'll talk you know, specifically about sin, both individual and corporate, but also we'll lament, talk about suffering. And, and then Easter, in which we celebrate the daylights out of it for those 50 days. And and that calendar, that that kind of, you know, place marker for Lent is really helpful for us as Christians in 2021 uh, to be able to say, like, I know this is this feels countercultural, but I'm going to lean into it right now. I don't even want to. I mean, nobody goes into Lent being like, can't wait. This is going to be the best. Um, But we do go into it saying, I know I need this. Like, I need this be able to lean into what it looks like to be a robust Christian that has not not only a theology of joy, but a theology of of suffering. So when we go through those dark times, we understand, oh, there's 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 Bible for this. Like there's history for this in, in the scriptures. There's a theology for the Lord walking with me and loving me through this dark time. 
Yeah, that's really good. And then you kind of round it out with this idea that Jesus needs encouragement, which, again, if we're suffering, we need encouragement. Um, I think it's encouraging just to know that Jesus needs encouragement. But uh, what are other things that someone can do? And I would say not just to receive encouragement themselves, but to encourage others. And I think this could be really helpful for us in this time we're in now when we're not physically seeing each other as much. Um, but I've seen it a lot, even with Valentine's Day, of just like the writing the cards for for seniors and things like that are really encouraging, but how do we make that? Yeah. Just a habit of who we are as followers of Jesus to encourage one another. Um, what are things you'd suggest? Yeah. Yeah. To be honest, when, when I was preparing for this sermon, that was the, like, I had never thought about that before. And I, and I, there's a guy named Derek Thomas that pointed that out. So I want to give credit to him. And I was like, Oh, like this isn't just for the disciples. This isn't just for, you know, Eliza, Elijah and Moses. You know, it's like he, the God, the father looked at Jesus and said, you're not sinning, but I know that you're going to be tempted to despair. I want to give you some wind in your sails. And, and I do think you're dead on. Like, how do we then apply that? And I think first we have to really let it sink in that we need encouragement. Other people do as well. And I think about this, like the times where, you know, I get, um, you know, an, a really encouraging email from a member at the church or my wife says something really helpful and affirming. And like, it is just a boost. And I'm like, oh, like, this is not my only hope, like my hopes in Christ. But gosh, this is a, a, a tool that he uses uh, to encourage me in this time. And I think to myself, I'm like, I got to do this to more people. And then I'll do it. And you will watch people just light up. And it's like, it's like, like water to parched folks that just haven't, you know, in the desert, because we have not made this a normal part of our lives. It feels awkward to say, hey, you really, you did a really great job with that. Or I saw you at work, I saw God at work through you and how you love this person. And I get the benefit of my wife being incredible at this. Like this is Diana, I'll get emotional thinking about this is Diane's, one of Diane's many spiritual gifts, but she will encourage, you know, encourage people, both big things and small things. But she just has an eye for being able to notice saying, hey, I, I saw you and I want to just name that. And I think yeah. that like valuing that is half the battle, but then it means, you know, being, being willing to be uncomfortable and maybe be a little bit, feel awkward, even though it's not awkward, but feel awkward to be able to say like, hey, like you're really, you did a really great job with this. And this really was helpful, you know, to, for my walk of the Lord to see you living out your gifts here. I mean, you think about it, you can, encourage someone um you know what if you see somebody at work you could encourage someone a, a believer that you're close with that has a difficult conversation coming up or encourage someone who has been battling sin and like has you know season of victory to be able to name like hey we, i see you and i see god at work in you yeah that's really good that's really good it made me think of i was with somebody this week who um not from our church but somebody i've known for a long time and she was just sharing about her um, her, you know, some struggles and things she's been waiting on for a long time. And I was just able to say to her, like, well, I've watched you wait on things before and I've seen God's faithfulness through you. So thank you for that. And I think it was, it's really meaningful for people when we can let them know that we see God at work in their lives because they might not see it for themselves. And then that becomes something that, you know, coming full circle, they record right on their journal or their time of uh, remembering with God. And so, yeah, this is um, something we say a lot that, you know, church is not like a family. We are a family. And so part of what it means to be a family is to 
you know, notice each other doing great things and hard things and just be with each other in all of them. And I think that reminds us of how God's with us. So um, thanks for doing this formation moment. Thanks for the sermon. Um, Wrestle with it this week and find yourself in God's story. God bless you folks. Peace.